1: The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM So Gary, I'll start by asking you a very simple question as we sit here on a beautiful day and right here in the Grand Parade having a cup of coffee where did you stay last night? I stayed in emergency accommodation in the Vincent's. I got put up there recently and
0: it's only temporary for now until the APS finds somewhere else suitable the assisted house services we'll co walk alongside the Vincennes and the Simon and uh, they're, they're trying to sort me out with somewhere else at the moment as I'm working and where I am at the moment in the Vincent's is just... It's OK, but it's, it's just not for me. Yeah. You, you don't like the hostel system, do you? It's, it's, uh, it, there's no depending, like, do you know what I mean? Because you're here one night and there some other night and can't really relax, you know? Every night's different and, and, and at any stage it can kick off. Mm-hmm. Too many people co-living together in 70-odd different rooms. And you have all the addictions and everything else that goes with it. It's it's tough. How long are you living like that? Oh, on and off, I suppose, between 12 and 15 years. Take me back to the start. How did it all start? The very start? Uh, it started when I was living in Kerry in Tralee. I had a council house, I was living with my kids and my missus, had the life, but I was a bit of a delinquent, I went to bed and done something misfortunately stupid and I ended up going to prison, then a couple of months for selling amphetamines, I'm not proud of it, but I'm paying for it now, the frightened centre as it became harmless and because of my background and who I was, I found it very hard to find rented accommodation or even any kind of accommodation. Because when you get a stigma and your name gets blackened, that's it. Nobody wants to know anything about you. Like, How come you moved to Cork then? There was nothing down there for me. Like I was being intimidated, harassed. People I used to deal with along the street. And it's kind of drove me out to the point of, look, you're better off moving because you're not going to get anything down here. I couldn't get employment, couldn't get housing, couldn't even find a rented accommodation. I mean, it was bad when the young council officer turned around and taught me I'm better off to move, because they had nothing for me. Mm. Even, though, even though I had 15 years on the council list and everything, like, and still no offers or anything, they just left me on the street. And where were you living down there? Were you just literally sleeping in doorways? Literally sleeping anywhere I could put my head down, couch surfing, staying with friends, booking into b hostels whenever I had money, just literally living on the breadline, trying to keep my head over water. Were you we drinking? I was. I drank just to sleep
1: because there yeah, was you said that in the paper, I read that in the paper and I wanted to delve into that a little bit. You said to me that so many people we see around the streets drinking heavily. Yeah. They're doing it just to get a night's sleep. They are yeah.
0: Because if you can imagine what it's like to sleep on the street, it's 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 terrible. But ninety percent of the people that sleep on the street don't even sleep. They're just resting. They're just lying there with their eyes closed. They're looking at the back of their eyelids, so to speak. But if you have walked within three inches of them, they're wide awake. Because they have to, it's fear, in case they get attacked or robbed or something. So they're just really resting. So, in order to get a good night's sleep, you're just saying to hell with it and getting drunk. And whatever happens, happens. You won't feel it. You're asleep. And you kind of enjoy it at times because you're getting a night's sleep. I mean, I even got robbed in broad daylight. My shoes got taken off my feet one day, one day when I fell asleep. And that was here in the city. So you actually don't fall asleep you for don't. self-protection? You, that's what it is. The more you have to be alert, you have to be awake. If you're not, you lose. You lose everything. I know a fella that even lost his false teeth. Do you know, I took his passport, took his phone, took all his credentials... And said, f*** it, we'll just take his teeth as well. <sighs> to no purpose they have anybody else's, but they just took his teeth. Knowing he couldn't afford to buy another set. Now,
1: how did you come to be involved with the Haven then? Um, I met a woman
0: called Hazel. She runs Street Angels. Very good friend of mine. And... Uh, It just happens that she knew the management of the haven, who actually turned out afterwards. I actually knew him myself from years and years ago, back in Kerry, when I was a kid. And he just gave me a chance to prove myself. I lived there for a couple of months, in the the cafe through the lockdown, myself and another friend, and... He offered me a place in the kitchen working as a breakfast cook and I took it mm. just to give me something to do and I'm actually happy. You still have that job? I still have that job and I'm going to hold on to it as long as I have because yeah. it's hard enough to get
1: one. Mm. Yeah. You know? and, and are you a cook or did you train as a cook?
0: No, I've always only ever worked in demolition and block lane and mechanics and lumberjack. Yeah. You know? But if that gives you a start, you take it. You just take it. I mean, how hard is it to cook sausages? <laughs> Do you know There's even a buddy Who might call me Pies in the parish <laughs> He thought I couldn't cook But you look I'm down only Three and a half months now
1: And nobody's died yet so Yeah good it's man It's an achievement It is it is an achievement So hey what age are you I'm 38 now 38 And The understanding now As I see it is You're in the Vincennes You're moving around As you have to What you want Is a place To close the door behind you And put down your head That's basically Why it, what... is that so hard Gary
0: It it just seems to be rent increasements and property taxes and it puts it out of reach for everybody that's on the street because they don't have a source of income, they're finding it hard as it is to get some social welfare and some of them are dealing with addictions, some of them are just dealing with the day-to-day survival, I mean... There's hidden homeless that won't even avail of the street runs because they're too embarrassed, Do you know. And I knew I know that first time because I even, as a homeless man, I used to volunteer with a homeless group to help to feed the homeless. And I see it myself. And then there was people I didn't even ever seen on the street. I just seen them in hidden corners, different sides of the city. But what they forget is the further you go to the city, it means the further you have to come back in just to get fed. So people go away off the outskirts
1: for safety. And then they forget that they have to come back anyway and face their demons You were saying before we started You were talking about the various groups from Katrina Toomey to others You are saying like that people like you would be dead only for oh, Many nights, I, I don't even think I'd be
0: here talking to you To be fair Because like, a lot of those street runs They actually drive around looking for the homeless For the hidden homeless because they're too embarrassed to come out so they will go and source them out and find them. Katrina Toomey does it. Uh, there's Cork, There's a new one, Cork Community Alliance does it. Uh, street Angels do it. Shulna Kudja do it. But they also have their street run down on the corner. Then they advertise for pastors that do the walk around. Yes. Then you have the K Haven Cafe where you can walk in and you'll even get a free breakfast if you can't afford it from time to time. And do you know the way we're always told... Oh, there's a bed for anybody who wants it. Is that true? No, I found that to be a complete lie. Complete lie. I mean, I've even lost work because I couldn't get in there at night. I mean, you do a day's work, you come back, and they tell you to go ahead and do a couple of laps till three or four o'clock in the morning, and to come back then and get up again at seven to go to work. I lost a job in Kinsale over that. Right. So now they thought I was drinking. I wasn't. I was walking from seven in the morning till after seven in the evening. Two buses to get back to the city
1: to be told to go away. I don't get it. Like, yeah. no, you're currently trying to find yourself somewhere. So let's go through a little bit of the, the rigmarole that you have to deal with. So you present yourself. I'd say I'm homeless. But what, what what happens then? Do you fill out paperwork stating
0: where you came from. Uh, have you any dependence on you like for kids, you sign up all the paperwork, they send you to the APS the APS sends you to the council, the council sends you back around in another circle and before you know it,
1: you're on a revolving door without even knowing it they just never deal with you the idea of having an address how can you have an address when you're homeless it is pretty damn hard to get one the thing can you use, like, if you have a bed in a place like you have a bed in the Vincents? Or if like you can get, you use the, be- the you Vincents cou- as your
0: address? You could, you could, yeah. But you have to get a letter from them stating you have permission. Right. And in order to get that letter, you have to be assessed by them. And in order for you to be assessed by them, you have to be assessed by the APS to get in there. And in order for you to be assessed by the APS, you have to be on the council list. And in order for you to get on the council list... You have to have an address Yeah it's, it's a bit of a roundabout It's a complete roundabout It starts off with you need an address To end up right back with you need an address Now you, you said to me That your Your youngsters What age are they? One is My oldest is 21 And my youngest is 18 You have a good relationship with them I do yeah And, and, and your ex? I do yeah And, and are much. they all living in Cork? No? They're all living in Cork yeah Yeah And people will ask Gary Yeah yeah would you not go live with them? No, I couldn't. They'll be like you moving in with your ex, Peter. Yeah. You know, you know if you get on... We get on, That's about as, much as, that's as far as it goes. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. And where do you see yourself? How do you see yourself getting out of this, ever? One day at a time. It's just
0: one day at a time. I mean, tomorrow morning I could get up and I could say, to hell with this. It's just going away, getting drunk, but that's that's just being defeated. Yeah, it's it's a struggle, it's a fight, it's an everyday get up. And I ain't gonna change. I'm gonna do something different today. And, and no matter if I can what ask it a is, personal question:
1: Are you clean at the moment? Yeah, good man, good man. I am good man. And, and c- is it is it literally clinging to that? surprise about oh, your fingernails, like it's just
0: the the knowing that. This time, two weeks ago, I was hugging the concrete. And two weeks later, I have a bed. And it's only an emergency bed, but it's a bed, so it's progress. So any day you can make progress, it's the willing and staying to yourself, right? I'm making a difference, I'm getting there, I'm scraping through. I don't know how I'm doing it, but I'm doing it, and I'm going to keep on doing
1: it until I get to some bit level ground, so I can say this is where it begins again and is that a bit soul destroying where you're asking yourself here I am clean and sober doing me best working my job staying where I'm supposed to stay for the moment what if there was one thing that to use that term the system could give you what would it be
0: if it's one thing that the system could give me what would it be Besides the obvious, a house. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say a bit of dignity. Yeah. Because. Well, depend on that. I mean, as a homeless person getting up, wanting to go into the, all these offices and speak to people, do you know what I mean? Of, of. What's a good way of putting it? To speak to people of a higher authority over the housing crisis or social welfare crisis and, this, and stuff like that. I mean, they have to actually see you as a person. But nine times out of ten, they look at you like you're a piece of glass. They see you, but they just want to look straight through you. They don't want to deal with you. They just fill in the paperwork, drop it in the bin, and move on to the next person. And it's destroying. Your pride, your guilt, everything about it just destroys you. And you just feel like you just don't want to do this anymore. I don't know how many times they filled their posing applications and they were just, oh, not in the system. We didn't receive them wasn't filled in right we sent it up the pay chain never comes back and you're back at the square one again restarting all this paperwork over and over again and for me personally as a homeless man the last thing i want to hear is paperwork because it just seems to never end i mean put me on a housing list tell me i have to wait 10 years here's a place where you can go and rent no problem That's grand. It means I don't have to see these people again for 10 years and keep my head above water. And I managed to maintain a place. But you don't get them opportunities. Mm. If somebody went into the emergency services around the city or any county in Ireland and look at the way they're they're ran and then go on the street and see the homeless people on the street that can't get help, you'd come to the conclusion the same thing as I have. They're being ran wrong. Mm. They're completely being ran wrong. There's lads inside there and young ones that can actually go home, but they choose to keep to their addictions. And their parents told them and goes, look, you can come home, but don't come back to my house drinking and out of your head. I don't want you around my door. And they choose to stay out drinking and out of their head. And they're taking up spaces then in different places where genuine homeless people that have nowhere to go and haven't got that opportunity to go home mm-hmm. could avail
1: of that place. Yeah. Yeah, I remember talking to a family a few years ago. A man was found in a in a bad way, shall we say? Not very far from where we're sitting now. And I spoke to one of the people who found him, and let's say within ten minutes, his mother was on the phone, and she said, "He's welcome home anytime. if he cleans
0: himself up." This is a, and there's a lot of there's a lot of people in different places and counties in Ireland have the same the same insight. Clean your act up, you're welcome home. But as long as you're on that path, stay away from my dog. And is it that they don't understand, Gary, how hard it is to clean yourself up? I think so. I think I think it's a 50-50. Like, parents don't understand how hard it is to beat an addiction. Because they actually don't understand it. I mean, every Is there
1: times, like you said to me while ago, sorry to get a question, you said to me while ago about the bit where you, you sometimes drink just for a night's sleep. Yeah. Is it that sometimes, Gary, the addiction is all you've got? That's it. That's, all, that's, that's the only thing you
0: can own. It's the only thing you can actually turn around and say, that's mine, it's my addiction, I drink. I mean, there was a time in my life I couldn't walk into any shop and the first thing I'd lamp my eyes on was the off license section. It wouldn't even be food, it wouldn't even be cigarettes, whatever was essential. It was just straight lock on the a- alcohol. I mean, I've often remembered walking through a shop and without even realising that I had a can in my hand. And a lad said it to me in treatment, he goes, Gary, he said, why have you always got a cup in your hand? I said, I really don't know. I said, it's just a habit. He said, I think it's just because you've always had the can in your hand. You, you have to hold something in your hand. Yeah. He said, so try to replace a can with a coffee. How'd oh, you get on? I said, well, while I'm in treatment, I've done it. And I said, I'm wired over coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But like, you get good sides of it. You get bad sides of it. And nothing about homelessness is nice. What drives you on? What keeps you going? The willing to succeed. To say, oh, I can get out of this. It's, it's like a Dyson Hoover Keeps trying to suck you back But you've got to keep pushing forward mm. It's all you have Yeah You cling to your, the, the, the job you have And you cling to the base you have for now Clinging to every bit of it And the one thing about the heaven where I work is A lot of the regulars They're all gone through addiction of different sorts And stuff like that And some of them are in AA So it kind of feels like I'm working in an AA centre Because mm. no matter what, what side of the cafe I look at if Somebody went down that road, told that story And could help you and talks about it anyway. And there's support there in that there's, there's support in every bit of it So that's a good in itself You know Even through the lockdown like I was on the street Me and a few of my mates right. What was that like? Rough I mean there was no one around I mean, I've never seen the city as quiet. You could look from one end of the street to the next and not see a person. Yeah. You know, that was ridiculous. But as a homeless person, you don't have any place to go. Yeah. So the street is all you had. So what was, whoever was on the street is all we had. Street people had street people and that was it. So, and, have we, and we've a lot of them. Too many. Have you lost friends on the streets? I have. I've lost. In the last five years, I'd say about Ten. And that's just through addiction and homelessness. It's ridiculous, like. A mate of mine taught me months and months ago, and I actually put it in the newspaper as well. It was a very good statement. Everybody's only a fight paper away from homelessness. Because you have people of higher authority. They have a mortgage, they have high purchase cars, they have all their lifestyle they have to pay for. I mean, two bad months, they'll work. Everything lapsides before you know it, you've gone into bankruptcy. After that, it's homelessness. So the richest man in the country could be sitting beside me tomorrow night with a sleeping bag. And he'd be wondering how he got there, you know? Have you hopes and dreams? Oh, I hope one day to be retired out to Spain, living (laughs) the dream. But, you know... With a bit of luck, I'd be living in the house next door to you. With a bit of luck... Before I finish, now, what's what's the plan for the day? I'm going helping the co-owner of Street Angels prepare for Monday night for the homeless run to help look after the homeless. And you're back cooking breakfast on Monday morning? Back cooking breakfast Monday morning, crack it on. Gary, it's a pleasure to talk to you, and I wish you nothing but success, mate. You too, PJ, man. Right? Enjoy your day. What a lovely guy. What a lovely,
1: lovely young man. Uh, with a great chat, and a laugh, and a cuppa. Saturday, that's Gary O'Brien, laying an awful lot of truth bare, uncomfortable truth, particularly about the revolving door system. Quartz 96 FM. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus,